Thank you, Chad. Again, good morning and welcome to the end of 2017. You know, it almost seems like yesterday that we were saying, welcome 2017 and here we are today. It's time to say goodbye. And as we say goodbye to this year, um, I'm glad to see that you've chosen to celebrate here with us today, to come and to worship with us on this cold morning when it's a holiday weekend. It's cold outside, it was snowy outside, and there's a lot of distraction on the West Coast, so I'm glad you're here today uh, to worship with us and to hear a word from God. Ending a year, I think, calls us to a time of some evaluation, some reflection on the year, as well as some anticipation for the coming year. And so today, I think that's the challenge before us, is to, to look at some, some things in the past, to look forward, and, and how are we going to approach the year 2018, both individually and as a church? Where is God calling us, and what paths would we go down? How would you consider your faithful completion to the year, as Paul was describing his own completion to his life, to his ministry, as he was there imprisoned? How, do you, how would you evaluate how we as a church made it through this last year and anticipate going into 2018? Can we answer, did I, did we fight the good fight? Did we endure? Were we faithful to our call? And in that faithfulness, will it lead us into next year? Maybe there's some things that we need to work on. Maybe there's some things we need to change. Maybe there's some things that God is calling us to do that we haven't done in the past and we need to do from now into the future. Above all today, I hope that each one of us can be honest in that evaluation and honest as we look into the future and what needs to be done. I hope today that in our prayers and in our planning for the future that we can plan and that we can hope and we can pray for positive outcomes as we step into a new year. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. God, it is good to be gathered in your name in this place today. A family of faith gathered here. A family of faith that certainly encompasses our own members, but guests that have come to worship with us today. God, we pray that you would use this time in our own lives today for you to speak to us individually, but also as a church. God, that you would allow us to open fully our ears and let us to hear. God, that you would open our mind to where we can understand, where we can evaluate, where we can plan, and where we can look forward to the new time. Father, that you would open our hearts. God, that you would open our hearts to be touched be changed, God, today even to be broken if that's where we need to be, in your line and in your will for our lives. God, above all, I just pray for us, each and every one, to experience your fullness and your presence in this place. And because we've experienced your presence in this place on this day, we will be different individually and as a church as we walk out the doors at the end of this time. God, we thank you. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your peace and your answering of our prayers. 
In all these things I pray in the strong and redeeming name of your Son, Jesus. Amen. You know, for me, as I look back at 2017, there's been a lot of things that have been quite exciting. Some things that we've walked into new paths uh, as a family and as individually. Uh, as a church, some things that have been exciting. But I can also say for me and probably for you that, that along with the excitement and the good things that we're experiencing, there's always that post potential of things that are disappointing, things that disturb us, things that take us down paths that we don't want to take. And yet, I would imagine those are the same thing for you. As I've considered 2017, I can tell you that this has been an extraordinary year for challenges. It's been challenges for the people of Norman in this area, the state and the country, and even the world as storms and as, as fires and all those things that have come to challenge individuals. There's been things here at First Baptist Church that have challenged who we are. And in that challenge to seek God again and to understand what His call for us is today, what His call for us is as we move forward. As I look around the world, as I look here in Norman and some of those places that we've been going, you know, going to Houston and looking at, at the stories of people have lost, that have lost everything there, that we're about to go to, to Corpus Christi and to do the same. I can tell you that people are hurting People are lost, people are hoping, and yet there are many, quite frankly, that just about have given up. I guess the question today is, where would you find yourself in that list of journey of life even today? You know, to go with all those things around us, it's those personal things that have also brought some challenges and some victories. You know, we've lost family members, we've lost friends. There's been loss of jobs and challenging of those. There's many among us that have, saw, and possibly some here today, that have suffered from loss of health and challenges to our health conditions. Loss of everything that previously was normal that's taking us to a new normal. And sometimes we have a real challenge in experiencing that new normal. Sometimes we, have an under, we, we lose focus of the fact that what we're experiencing may not be a new normal, but it's just a, a, on that path to where God would lead us and carry us through to a future. You know, as you look around, as you read things in the newspaper and watch the news, I think we'd also have to say that people have been offended or have been the offender. Families, relationships have either been built, some have been challenged, some have been dissolved. For us as a church together, I believe we could say 2017 has been a challenge in the need for us to recognize that we need to right-size. We need to right-size our budget. We need to right-size our staff. We need to figure out how to do church together again. What does that mean? What does that mean to your own experience, and to your family, and to your friends, and even to the community? We've lost some friends. We've lost some neighbors. 
We've lost some of those that used to sit side by side with us in worship over the last year. And yet we are still called to be family together in this place. We are still called to be on ministry together in this place. And if not in this place, if you happen to be visiting with us today, God's calling you to be ministering wherever you are from and to participate in your church around where you are. We've lost staff over the last year, so we're having to learn how to do ministry again in a different way. You know, some would be honest enough to say, as we look at all of those things in the world and in the church and in our families, how many of you would say that there's a lot of the world that's just in a mess this morning? You know, the reality of life is that we are faced with just a mess sometimes. But just because the world around us is a mess, is that where we have to leave ourselves? Or can we claim God's presence and God's direction, God's will for our lives to help us understand that the mess isn't where He wants to leave us? So where do we go from here? If the world around us is a mess and we think our life is a mess, what do we do? I think, first of all, we've got to understand that God is still God no matter how much of a mess that we experience, that God is still God. God is still in control. God is still on His throne. And it is our journey to understand and experience that He is God. You know, I think sometimes we forget the fact that, indeed, God is at work around us all the time. But I'm wondering for myself, and I wonder for us as a church, how much time, how much energy do we seek and, and do we spend in seeking Him and understanding where He's at work around us? Because you see, we have to understand where He's at work around us to be able to understand where He's calling us to do and to be about individually and as a church. Sometimes we may even find that understanding and choose to ignore it. Sometimes we're challenged even in finding what that understanding is. I want you to know as we finish this year and look into next year, it's my prayer that individually and corporately as a church that we would spend the time, that we would spend the energy, and sometimes that's hard work energy to understand where God is at work around us and then find our call individually and as a church to be a part of that. Second Timothy 4 that Chad led us in reading a few minutes ago. It's obvious that it's a time that Paul's in prison. And he is recognizing that his time is about done. He's writing to Timothy. And it's very apparent in the way that he, he addresses Timothy that he is very anxious to get the message to Timothy because his, time, his own time is very short. He began, as we read this morning, I solemnly charge you in the very presence of God. You ever been approached like that? <laughs> How about this? Because I think in our own terminology we'd say, and we probably heard it in our families and sometimes even in our jobs and other relationships, where we say, Paul could have just as said, Timothy, listen up. 
Open your ears wide open and hear what I have to say because it's very urgent that you hear. And not only is it urgent that you hear, but it is urgent that you act on your hearing. The time is short. The time is short for me, but there is, the time is also short for those that you have been called to minister to, to take the message of the gospel to, to preach, to rebuke, to reprove. The time is short, Timothy. Because you see, there's going to come a time, and that time may not be too far off, where people are just not going to respond anymore. That they're going to seek people, and they're going to seek seek words that tickle their ears, that make them feel comfortable where they are. They accept everything that they do, and they won't hear the message that we have been called to proclaim anymore. My time is short. Listen up and get this straight. For with God is my witness... Timothy, hear these words. Have you ever been a recipient of such a call? God's calling you to a point of ministry. God's calling you to be a child of His own, to accept the gift of salvation, and from that gift of salvation to move into a life of ministry. Not as a life of comfort, but as a life of ministry. Be able to claim that you are a child of God. And from that claim of being a child of God to know beyond a shadow of doubt that you have been created to do something in His kingdom work. How many of us have struggled with what God is calling us to do individually? How many of us have struggled with what God's calling us to do as a church? As a community of faith broader than this body here, but to understand God's call to Christians to be about His call to service. Paul is writing to Timothy. And he says, because you have been called into the ministry. We don't know where Timothy was in that journey. We just know that Paul is understanding there is something urgent that needs to change in maybe what Timothy's doing, maybe his approach, maybe to understand again how urgent the call is. Timothy, follow my lead because he goes on to say, I have fought the good fight. I am done. I feel like I have done all that God has called me to do. It's time to pass the torch. It's time, Timothy, for you and to go and do the same. Timothy, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with great passion and instruction. Church, Christians here today, understand that these weren't just the call to Timothy. This is an urgent call for each one of us today. This is an urgent call for the church around the world today. This is an urgent call for the church of First Baptist Church Norman. Listen up. Hear the word. Hear the call.
even as you, as you evaluate the last 12 months, if that's too long, the last 30 days, if that's long, how about the last week? Have we been faithful in understanding our call to be ministers to those we meet, maybe even to our own family? Be about the work of the ministry of the gospel. Be diligent. Be faithful. Be ready in season and out of season. So then we must ask, I think, have we fought the good fight? Even through this year, even through the last week, have we fought the good fight? Have we found ourselves behind so far that we just don't know what to do? And I think this movie that I want to show is of the 1972 Olympics. Dave Waddle was there in Munich, the 800-meter final. Look as they line up. He's in the third lane wearing a golf hat for the run. The Olympic 800 meter final. Arginoff of Russia, lane one. Dieter from East Germany, lane two. Watler's in lane three. Lane four, Uko, the Commonwealth champion from Kenya. Lane five, Carter, Great Britain. Lane six, Kemper of West Germany. Lane seven, Mike Boyd of Kenya. And lane eight, Kupchik of Poland. And Arginoff has gone off very quickly and now slows down to make sure of the position. And coming right across from the outside is Mike Boyt, the Kenyan 1,500-meter runner. Uko, his teammates, gone on the inside, and the two Kenyans lead. It's Mike Boyt leading for Kenya. In second place is Uko of Kenya. Right up on the outside is Andy Carter, who's got such a positive and bold attitude towards the two-lap race. And right at the back is Dave Wattle, who got left way, way behind. Still the two Kenyans with the Britain up there in front. And it's Uko now coming up to take it up. And Boyd holds the curve. Uko right alongside him. The Kenyans running shoulder to shoulder, making the rest go wide. Andy Carter there at the bell, 52.3 the time, a modest time in many ways. And Dieter from East Germany goes up the long way on the outside. It's still the Kenyans, Boyd and Uko lead. Running absolutely stride for stride and shoulder to shoulder. Uko there on the curve, Boyd on the outside. Dieter from going up now to third place. And Arginoff, the European champion, comes through from the back for Russia. Arginoff now hits the front for the two Africans. With Dieter Fromm going as well, and Watson's improving all the time, and Carter next to last. 200 meters left. It's still the Russian Arginov leading. And coming up on the outside now is Uko, the Commonwealth champion. The European champion versus the Commonwealth champion, and Boyd is there, and the American there too. Arginov kicks the home. A tremendous piece of power by the Russian. And Watson coming on the near side. What a finish this is. Arginov struggling and Boyd coming through. Any of you ever felt like you were behind and didn't know that you could ever catch up? You know, there was really no reason at all for David Waddle to be able to win that race. Behind three-fourths of the way, and way behind. But he never gave up. His testimony following that race is people ask him, how in the world did it happen? He said, I never gave up. I always said, you can do it. I think I can, I think I can, I know I can, if I only stay persistent and keep the first thing first.
And first thing first was running for him. All that watched that race that day felt that he was hopeless. Why in the world is he even here today? Why don't you just give up and go home and forget this? Why exert the energy to get around when you are so far behind? And yet, his testimony is that I never gave up. Certainly we have much to learn from Dave Waddlebooth. How about those at the beginning? You know, those that ran out in front and stayed in front all the way around until the finish line. Did they forget about first thing first and run all the way? Did they go with so much pride that they said, I have this one and I don't have to worry about anybody else, so they didn't put in their best? Who out of that group could have said, I fought the good fight and ran to the end and kept the first thing first? But what about us? Individually and as a church, what about us? I wonder, in our own lives, where do we find ourselves? In whatever race we're in, whatever challenges we're in, are we going to give up? Are we going to keep the first thing first and say, I think I can. If I understand what God's calling me to do and lean on Him, I know I can. I have to wonder if Timothy may have had these words in a situation and wrote these words as a reminder of this charge before God, be faithful and fulfill your call of life. I wonder what part really is about you and me, us together. First Baptist Church, Norman, for all of us here today, hear these words. Be ready, be faithful. Run the race, fight the good fight. You know, over the last year, I think this has been the story of some of us around here. Some of us have said, come on, bring it on. Let's see what God is going to do. Some have given up. Some have been challenged and are falling back in the race. We need to understand together that there is still time and God is calling us to understand that it is an urgent time for us to be able to move forward. Can we stand together to have to, we, that we have to be the church and active in all that we do together? Can we discover that Being a part of the church is not to come and just fill the pew or fill your chair in your life group, but to understand that each and every one of us have been called to ministry together. To understand that it is time to get past that situation that we're going to let somebody else do it and understand that if we don't do what God's called us to do, that it may not get done. Do you understand that if we don't step up and do some of these things, in the church that we're trying to, to rewrite size and to get, understand how we're doing church together again, that if you don't do what God's called you to do, it may not get done. In all of that, church, it's time. It's time for us to learn from the past. 
It's time for us to reconcile and be active Christians together. It's time to stop looking for all that is wrong and seek God and find what is right. It's time to be still. It's time to quit being negative and be what God pushes us and encourages us to be. All of us together seeking God's face and, and selling out to do and be the people that He's called us to do. We are called to preach. We are called to teach. We are called to live a life of testimony to all those that we come in contact with. Church, this has to be an us thing to follow God in all that He wants us to do and to be. You know, we're down on the number of ministers. We're not paying everybody to do everything that we used to pay everybody to do. So it's all of us together that God is calling us to step up to the ministries that we are to be about in this place. Challenging? Yes. But I can tell you we took 22 people to Corpus Christi, I mean to Houston, two months ago. And they came back and understood again what it means to be servants of God and understand what it means to call to service and ministry. We're sending 22 to Corpus Christi next month. And my prayer is that those 20 will come back with the same energy and excitement of those 22 that went last time and understand again what it means to be called to minister and what it means to touch and to change people's lives. But you know, we don't have to go to Houston. We don't have to go to Corpus Christi because those kinds of things happen right here that we need to be about regularly in touching and changing people's lives. We need to find ways for us to be the light of God in this community. How do we do that? There's a place for everybody here. There's a place for us to work together. There's, there's a great need to grow the number of greeters that we have and, and hall monitors. Because you see, those people that come and do that every week and every week and every week, they need some community in their life groups too. We need people to be able to rotate so that we can all share in the responsibilities that are going around. We need volunteers. We need volunteers in the church office. We need volunteers at the Family Life Center. We need the pe people to be able to, to stand up and understand that they need to help their life group teachers and to fulfill all the needs of touching those that come to visit, those that have fallen aside, all of those things that are going to take more than one person to do. We need you to find your place and fulfill your part. We need members. We need deacons that are willing to find ways to impact lives of those around us. Not only here as we bump elbows, but as we go through our life every day, we need those. It's time. It's time for people who are in the race and willing to evaluate that race, to never give up, to look for opportunities, to seek God's face. And the best part of what I see is where we are as in the needs that we have as a church. I believe fully, I believe completely that if God calls us to do something as a church, He has put somebody here to do that. And it's not all me. And it's not all Wade or the other ministers. Somebody, if we're supposed to do it, God has put in this place. So my question today, have you found your place? Are you able to say today that 
I've run the, I've fought the good fight. I've run the race the best I can. Can we together evaluate where we've been and where we're going? Can we understand together that God is still God? And this is God's church with a desire for us to touch each other, to touch a community around us, to touch a world around us. Will we be responsible enough to say together that we took the time, we took the energy, we took the prayers to say that we could fight the good fight, run the race? That's my prayer. That's my hope. And I hope you'll join with me. Let's pray.